Good morning. It is Monday, April 24th, and this is your Morning Cup of Joe with G- your hosts, JT and Tyler. Hello. We got some good news for you today. Talking about, you know, the France's election, some North Korea stuff, Trump, what he's going to be doing at the Correspondence Dinner or not at the Correspondence Dinner, some Ve- Venezuela stuff, you know, Bill O'Reilly and some Uber. So that's the outline for today. And like always, we just want to remind you, we're not experts whatsoever. So if you think we're not right on something, go look it up for yourself. You know, find articles online, keep yourself informed. So JT, what do we got to start off? All right. Kicking it off with some interesting news. Um, French, the French, the French, France is having singular one French. Uh, <laughs> uh, coming out, coming out strong, JT. France is having an election about their for their president. They're having a presidential election, and you know everything's normal, blah blah blah. But then they recently had the results in the this round of presidents, and something strange happened. For the first time ever in French history, neither of the two presidential candidates um, that are going to be proceeding are from the two major parties in France. Wow. Yeah. That's really impressive. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I guess the my best comparison would be like if a Republican and a Democrat didn't warrant the two major leaders mm-hmm. in the United States. And like States. an independent or a Green Party somehow made it to like the final two. Right. Um, the two are two candidates one is super right-winged she is a on the national front party and it was last known for xenophobia anti-semitism or semitism semitism and um even they've been called like softcore holocaust denialism denialists um wow yeah so this is this is very very far right yeah, so very far right. And then the other one is a 39-year-old, like, super far left dude. Wow. Okay, so, like, both ends of the spectrum completely. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to, to think about that. If, if, the, the, if she wins, they will uh, – she's talking about pulling France out of the EU, doing, like, a Frexit, kind of like how, how Britain's doing the Brexit thing. And they're mentioning that if they do that – the um, Europe might kind of collapse as a continent. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how or why, but not great. Yeah, not great at all. I mean, if you have the major players pulling out of the EU, it really weakens it in a, a tremendous amount. So I can see them why they're saying it might collapse. Yeah. Um, and she, the way the way it sounds, is she's a very Trump-like candidate. Yeah. I th- I think that he, in some way, supported her at some point, um, or at least you know put his two cents in towards this right far right side. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And um, the 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 guy, but the the good news, I guess, depends on what you what you look at or who you are voting for. If you're French, um, the guy who is a 39 year old left wing guy right now on the latest poll is 62% compared to her 38%. Oh, so okay. way ahead. 
way ahead way in the polls. Ahead. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't know a whole lot about the French election process, but it's pretty pretty cool that the two major parties didn't get a guy in there this time. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of elections going on around the world, so it's pretty interesting to see how they're sort of unfolding at different points. And with this, it's really interesting to see that it's not the mainstream and that it's almost like it's sort of good seeing that someone else is also really polarized other than just the U.S. Because the U.S., you know, right now is, I would say, pretty polarized to one way or the other. And it looks like uh, France is also, if they're choosing two people that are nowhere near the center of uh, the scale of politicalness, I guess. Yeah, I, I know. I totally agree. It's, it's kind of a refreshing breath of, of air. That someone else is struggling with bipartisanship too. <laughs> and thirty-nine years old, this dude, super young to get up to this point in his career already. He has never held an elected office before. Interesting. So he hasn't been a public figure. He's only been a private citizen. Yeah. So his his big thing is, I'm not like a normal politician. I think I've heard that before. Yeah, sounds sounds very interesting. So it, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, they're taking notes probably. They saw it happen here, figuring out how to do it out there. Pretty cool. We'll keep an eye on this. Do you know when they actually vote again, JT, for the second round of these uh, presidential elections? Yeah, the date is May 7th. I don't know what day of the week it is, but May 7th is the next voting day. Awesome. Coming up soon, within the next two weeks. I think it's the day. I think that's like when we decide or they decide who the president is going to be. So awesome. good luck to France. Well, then, if you keep listening, you will hear the results in about two weeks. We'll let you know what's going on. All but, right, Ty, tell me about things. <laughs> more things, more different things. Actually, you guys have probably heard this before. We're going back to North Korea. And oh, are we? I can't wait. <laughs> we've tried this once we never got out <laughs> we tried to bribe them with like what was it i don't know a pinata or something we wanted to see their parade <laughs> anyway, anyways we're going back to north korea north korea is doing what they normally do letting us know that they are ready to attack us and specifically the u.s because they really really don't like the u.s what they said in a quote it was actually in one of the newspapers in North Korea. It says, quote, Our revolutionary forces are combat ready to sink a U.S. nuclear-powered aircraft carrier with a single strike. So, definitely scary if you don't know what's going on. But a lot of people are saying, you know, they're sort of embellishing this. They don't actually have the capability at this point to take out one of our nuclear car carriers. So it's not that you know, scary, even though South Korea and Japan and many of our allies are actually getting put on high alert because they can do damage, but nothing where they can reach, say, like the U.S. at this point, um, whereas they might be able to attack like a ship or something, but it won't be a very large scale attack. What do you think about this? North Korea coming out again and saying, hey, we have the best weapons ever. We're going to attack you. Um, I think that 
that's ridiculous. Um, I don't. I, there's no. I don't think there's any. First of all, there's no cause for alarm here. I mean, this isn't shocking, but also there's. It's just not going to happen. Stop. You know, stop it, North Korea. Stop talking. Stop. Stop talking some talk if you're not going to walk any walk. That's true. And I'm I'm happy they're not walking any walk at this point. Uh, but it's pretty interesting to see because one of Trump's cabinet members, I think uh, for the Secretary of Homeland Defense or something like that, came out in an interview and said, within you know the next four years, before President Trump's second term in office, he's being optimistic that he's going to have a second term. Yeah, that's uh, very optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> he came out and said that the biggest challenge for the Trump administration is in the next four years, North Korea will get the capabilities for a ICBM, which is a intercontinental ballistic missile with a nuclear warhead. So we're looking like a very good possibility in these next four years, the North Korea will actually have the ability to strike the US. Um, so when that point comes, this is going to get really, really serious. But I think at this point, it's a lot of words going back and forth and not much action really going to take place for a yep. decent amount of time. Yeah, I totally agree. I I think even, I don't know who came, maybe it was Rex Tillerson, um, came out and said something like, yeah, we're not super worried about this because it's North Korea and they've said this stuff before. Um, but I, I think I, I should, it's worth noting that North Korea has detained a Korean American guy, which means that they have three U.S. citizens. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like we said before, don't go to North Korea because yeah. you might you might not be able to get out. And they're just going to kidnap you or detain you because you're there. I wonder what the draw was. I wonder why they were like, let's go to North Korea for vacation. He I was mean, a professor. They... Ah, see, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so he was teaching at a university there. Oh, man. Well, I mean, that was good for him for doing that. It's just hopefully we can get him out at some point. Well, fingers crossed. All right. No more North Korea. Let's move, let's move back home. Coming, coming, coming in the borders. Talking about the POTUS. Mr. Mr. POTUS Trump. <laughs> he... He said, "All right, you guys, I'm not coming. I'm come, not coming to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, which is going to be next Saturday, April 29th." And people were like, "Okay, that ha- sometimes the president doesn't go," but he, no one knew what he was going to do. Well, he just came out and said he's going to be having a big rally in Pennsylvania. Um, I probably to celebrate his first hundred days in office. See, I'm confused. I'm confused by this, JT. Really confused because, so he came out with this tweet and said, you know, next Saturday night holding the big rally in Pennsylvania, which you know is marking the date of the hundred days of his administration. But a few days ago, he came out with a tweet and was like, "The hundred days doesn't matter. It's a social contract for the media that they create that." We have to get all of this stuff done within the first 100 days. So it seems weird that he's discounting the first 100 days in one tweet and then sort of embellishing it in another tweet. Yeah, he just wants to celebrate himself. 
He wants to have a party. He's just looking looking forward to having a party. I think it's funny in the tweet where he revealed that he was having a rally in Pennsylvania. It said, "Next Saturday night, I will be holding a big rally in Pennsylvania. Look forward to it." Not like <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. He just like, told everyone like, that you that's what they have to do, to it. right? <laughs> So, you have no choice. Look forward to this massive rally. This is what we're doing. You're looking forward to this rally, everyone. Well, I wonder what he's going to talk about at his rally. Um, probably him. Probably himself. Just how great and everything that he's accomplished so far. Like right. the healthcare bill definitely got that through. That's done, right? Um, yeah, the tax reform that's that's gone through too done right so uh he's checking off things in imaginary lists i think i i would love to count how many times he mentions neil gorsuch just because that's the only thing that he's done (laughs) (laughs) he's like just like hampers on this like this one thing that he's done he's like neil gorsuch best dude ever talks about something else comes back to him neil gorsuch so good and my man Neil Gorsuch, it's 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 just worth mentioning. Not a big deal, but um, since the White House Correspondent Dinner was founded in 1921, every president has gone to it at least once. Okay. So, I mean, he has three more chances. So, I I, I mean, what do you think? I think that he's going to make it there eventually. I think he's trying to hide from some criticism at this point, uh, because what happens at the Correspondent Dinner is normally the president gets roasted. Or roast themselves at certain points. So I think he just wants to avoid that, at least for this first 100 days. Well, that's not a bad thought. Interesting. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also think it's funny that the last president that didn't go to the dinner, who was like working as the president at the time, was yeah. Reagan in 1981 okay. because yeah. he got shot. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, hey, guys, I can't make it. <laughs> On Trump's scale, you know, getting shot and holding a rally is like the same excuse. It's good enough. It's fine. All right, let's let's get off this guy. Yeah. Some more news. You know, in South America, first time we've flown down here for a little bit, taking a vacation down to Venezuela. Actually, JT, we probably shouldn't go to Venezuela. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna not go with you. <laughs> so I'm gonna hang out here. Let's let's cancel our trip to Venezuela. Just read about it online. I think that'll work out just as good. That's perfect. All right, so Venezuela. Just a lot of protests happening within the last few weeks. And it's all sort of around the leaders of Venezuela. They're really anti-government. All of these protesters are saying that the government in place is turning into a dictatorship and attempts to actually get him out in a political way, you know, voting for it in like a in democracy way have been sort of corrupted in terms of the government is keeping him in place, even though many of the citizens in Venezuela actually want him out. Uh, so they're saying Maduro, who is the uh, leader of the government at this point, has created a dictatorship. The last vote was held in 2015, it looks like, and actually gave the opposition to the government a majority. So you would think that the, the opposition could replace him, but it looks like the government's sort of resisting at this point, and this sort of sparked a lot of the unrest and the protests that are happening throughout the city and stuff like that. So pretty bad to see, because... 
it doesn't get much media attention, even though it's been going on for multiple weeks at this point. These protests involve a lot of people and really just like take up the streets. And it's pretty impressive to see some of the pictures if you want to go online and look it up. Uh, Along with this though, JT, the country's really in like a big crisis, I guess you could say. Food shortages have happened a lot. Even things like milk, eggs, flour, soap, and toilet paper have become really scarce where even normal people can't get these type of things. Whoa. Um, Yeah, so it's like, it's a really, really big deal in terms of just human rights and stuff like that too. Uh, And the third point with this is they're running out of cash. The government and the country is just hemorrhaging money. So in 2011, they had $30 billion um, in foreign reserves. In 2017, they only have $10 billion. So in six years, $20 billion has gone away. What happened to it? Did it just, it just burn? Flew it away? just vanished. The money fairy came in and took it. Man, that fucking money fairy. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so the reason for this was the government has massively been overspending. Their currency has been crashing completely, and they have a huge inflation going on at the same time. So like all of these different things combined with their their dependency on oil. So a lot of the money that Venezuela actually had made throughout the years was on oil, when oil prices were super high in like the 2000s, if you remember that, they were mm-hmm. a very rich country because all of the oil was giving them a ton of money. Well, now, as oil prices have sort of crashed at certain points, they've lost a large chunk of the income that was actually coming into the country. Wow. Dude, this is kind of messed up. I mean, not kind of messed up. This is definitely messed up. I, yeah. Um... It's, it's big news. It's, it's something that I was shocked that I didn't hear it until yesterday because I, I would think that I would have heard it a couple of weeks ago when it first actually started becoming a large large protest yeah this is definitely something worth looking into a little bit more because it's it's big it's a it's a big deal that you know I mean people of a nation think that they like legitimately think that there's becoming a dictatorship I know and I know here some people are like Donald Trump's a dictator but like they legit like legitimately believe that yeah. this is becoming a dictatorship. Yeah, like we we still have one of the best democracies in the whole world, whereas Venezuela is very seriously turning into a government controlled and set in place that they will not be voted out in certain ways. Um, yeah, it's it's a pretty bad pretty bad deal. Yeah, definitely worth following, and we will uh, we'll keep you we'll keep you posted on what happens here. That we will. Uh, next up, we have we have Bill O'Reilly, who just got fired from Fox for some inappropriate actions of his. He's been he's been sued multiple times throughout the years for sexual harassment. But the latest claim actually led to Fox actually ousting him because they decided, hey, there's been too many of these harassment claims. We can't just keep settling with these women (laughs) over and over and over. So first up, what happened was his show lost around two dozen advertisers. And put this in perspective, Bill O'Reilly had one of the 
top-ranked shows on all of cable television. So these advertisers were paying incredible sums of money to actually advertise on his show. So when you get two dozen of them dropped, it's a huge blow to Fox. Um, so that was like a big point in them actually dropping him. Uh, but he's moving on. He's doing something else, JT. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's, not calling it quits? He's not going to call it quits. He's going to keep on going, keep him putting his opinion out there, kind of like we are. He's going to do it through a podcast. Oh, crap. We're screwed. Actually, we might we might do better now. I haven't. I can't figure it out. People might like, hey, we're going to listen to him. Uh, maybe we'll listen to these, these two guys that have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going with those guys as well. Me too. So yeah, he's starting his own podcast. Uh, luckily for him, he has a severance package from Fox, which is $25 million, equivalent to one year's salary that he would have been paid during his show. Oh, so, you know, barely any money. Yeah, barely at all. He might be able to scrape by. Holy crap. $25 million is so much money. <laughs> It is. It is quite a bit of money. Well, I can't believe Fox was paying him $25 million a year. Well, like I said, these advertisers were bringing in so much money because he had one of the top-ranked shows. And he had been on the air for, I think, around 20, 25 years. Well, I hope his, uh, I hope his podcast doesn't run us, out of, run us out of business. Me too. Well, hopefully there'll be another sexual harassment claim. Well, not hopefully, but... <laughs> there's gonna be another claim at some point and he might have to shut down his own podcast yeah and if he doesn't i'm gonna uber to his house and kick him in the balls that sounds like sexual harassment jt well i'm not gonna tickle his balls I'm just gonna kick him <laughs> <laughs> true true that makes it that just that changes it completely yeah it's fine all right moving on to more weird things going on uh uber our favorite hated loved whatever you want to call it car sharing service they're not having a good year jt 2017 has been the worst year for uber in their entire life yeah that's definitely true so speaking of sexual harassment they had their own sexual harassment claims throughout the company that actually prompted an investigation that the CEO of Uber brought in outside parties to actually investigate. That investigation turned up so much dirt and so much bad things that it they extended the timeline of the investigation. So that's awful within itself. But what I want to tell you about is actually back in 2015, Uber had started tracking users that deleted their app. So say you're an Uber user. You use their app once or twice, end up being like, hey, I don't want this, delete the app. Well, Uber figured out a way to keep tracking you on your phone and figure out where you went, what locations, and stuff like that. Pretty scary stuff. They actually, to hide this from Apple, because you know they knew it was illegal and not a right practice to do, they geofenced Apple's offices. So what that means is they put like a big virtual map around Apple's offices and said, hey, if the user's inside this location, don't track them. Hide it from them. Well, Apple found out about this, and they were not happy at all. Clearly. (laughs) So the CEO of Apple called up the CEO of Uber and was like, hey, 
this is wrong. You should not be doing this. And if you keep doing it, we're going to remove you from the store. Uh, and like you can guess, Uber immediately stopped tracking users that deleted that app. Oh, absolutely. It's just, it, it's, it goes along with Uber's just taking so many risks that don't seem necessary. I, well, let me ask you this question. You might, you might know because you're, you're the tech guy, but why would you, why did Uber want to know where people who had already deleted their app were going? Like, what was that information good for? Yeah, so a large part of Uber's business is actually figuring out where users want to go and where users are, you know, hanging out at. Because if they can figure out where these people are going, where they're staying, where they're spending their time, they can create, you know, surcharges in certain places. They can send more drivers to certain places. Um and it really helps their business in certain ways to have this type of data. So if they have this data, they're able to create more business from it. Man, that's crazy. But that does make sense. Who knows? Hopefully they can start turning around. Because I, I still use Uber all the time. You know, Uber is much more accessible to me than Lyft is. But Lyft has had zero bad press. They've been pretty good this year. And they are loving every time an Uber story comes out. Oh, you know it. They're just sitting back and they're like, hey, we're not in the news, but it's completely okay because all of the news about Uber is god-awful. I don't, I don't know how much more Uber can take, but this is crazy. We'll see. I'm sure they'll be fine. They'll make it through. All right, Ty, are you ready? Oh, is this our favorite segment? This is our favorite segment. I'm sorry, yeah. what? Let's hear it. All right, so we... Most, as most of you know, Aaron Hernandez um, was found hanging in his jail cell, so he killed himself in jail. Um, but for the majority of the time, they had not known why he committed the murder, what the motive was behind the murder. The one, yes, the one he was convicted of, yeah. Yes, yes, the one he was serving the sentence lifelong for. sentence. Right. Um, but Aaron Hernandez left a note for his in-jail boyfriend. <laughs> um, and wait, wait, wait. Uh, I'm just going to stop you there and say, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and, then, and then you can finish to the actual story. <laughs> It um, so that's basically what it is. Is that the guy he killed knew that Aaron Hernandez was bisexual, and Aaron Hernandez didn't want him to tell his at the time fiance. Um, I'm sorry. What? That was the reason all of this happened. That's they don't obviously they don't know for sure. But that is what people are believing now. I mean, it's a pretty good motive. It makes a lot of sense. Wow. Dude, this is shocking. Yeah. It, it For me, it changes my whole perspective on Aaron Hernandez. Whereas, like, I mean, murder is murder. It's awful. It's terrible. But I thought he was just, I thought it was like a random guy he just killed. No, he, they were friends. 
That's insane. Yeah. They were buddies. This this is a truly, I'm sorry, what? Blew my mind. Yeah, I don't know if any, uh, if other people have heard about it, because this this is brand new news. I mean, a couple days ago, brand new news, so. Hot take, coming at you quick. Hot takes. But, uh. I think I think that's all we got. Do you you got anything else, Ty? I think that's it. That's it for this Monday. Sounds good. Come back on good. Wednesday. And we'll uh, we'll talk we'll talk some more stuff. <laughs> we'll just say shit. <laughs> and hopefully you listen. That'll be that's the goal. All right. Tell your friends. And, uh, have a good day. <laughs>